John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltickup. This is the High Game Podcast. The High Game Podcast, Ed. Yeah, what do we talk about here, John? We talk about guitars and all kinds of stuff today. That's great. Where are we recording from? Two separately located basements in West Seattle, Washington. Beautiful West Seattle. How sunny is it today? It's pretty sunny out. I couldn't believe it when I looked out the window. It's beautiful. And we were chatting before this, and I was saying I have not stepped foot out of my house in probably going on two weeks. Yeah. Haven't even stepped outside. Yes. Crazy. For me, it's been maybe a little over two weeks. And with the exception of uh, procuring a couple of guitars, I have been inside the whole time. That's just doing the Lord's work right there. Yeah. During this time of isolation, yes, viewers, it's normal to feel kind of out of sorts. And for example, I have a friend on Facebook who asked the rhetorical question, is it normal to feel proud of myself because I took a shower? Right. <laughs> I have quite a few Zoom, Skype-based calls like throughout the week now. My week is just spent teleconferencing with people. Uh-huh. And goddamn... We are going downhill. (laughs) You know, some of us are kind of letting shit go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Don't worry, viewers. We're all in the same boat together. Yeah. Yeah. We're making it. Some of our friends in Mississippi are a little behind the curve. Oh, my God. Those guys. Feels like they should not be behind the curve. What with the lowest number of hospitals anyway you know, kind of worst healthcare in the nation. Maybe you'd want to be a little more preventative. Every state has its pockets of liberal goodness. Oh, sure. 
If you're Texas, go hang out in Austin for a little Austin. bit. Austin, yeah, please. Mississippi is no exception, and so the land that birthed Elvis Presley, Tupelo. Yeah. The mayor there was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to take the bull by the horns and lock this shit down and take care of my citizens. So the governor passed a law saying that local governments are not allowed to do that. He knows what's up. There will be no locking down in the state of Mississippi. You think that guy's listening to the lamestream media? No. Fuck no. So we mainly talk about guitars here, right? This is a 100th episode, Ed. <laughs> thank you. Thank Thank. Okay. I think it's safe to say when we started this almost two years ago. Right. If you had asked us what would be the lay of the land around episode 100, I don't think either of us would have replied, oh, global pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. Two years ago, we were already into like the guy in the house, the White House guy, that guy. So I was probably not the most positive on our outlooks, but I don't know if I would have said pandemic. beverages <laughs> what'd you think of that that was great do you know who that was devo that was devo yeah yeah that was off their debut album question are we not men answer we are devo sure sure i do have the itunes thing you know like i'm, I'm sorry but they do those like recommended playlist things right i got one the other day that was Brian Eno produced tracks. Yes. And he did a bunch of work with Devo, which I don't think I realized. He produced that first album. It was recorded in Cologne, Germany. Huh. R.I.P. Bob Casal, who is uh, Bob 2 in Devo. Bob 2? Bob 2. Bob 1. Bob 2. Bob 2. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, Ed. Yeah. What are you drinking? I have... My standard black coffee. Yes. It took a little longer to record because I brewed up pot number two. Vicky and I have been jamming the black coffee even more than normal. Same. You find yourself home and it's like, ooh, all the coffee I can drink. Yeah. I told you I haven't been out of the house in greater than two weeks. Yes. So we're getting down to the bottom of beverages and our good friends at Orca. Should we announce that? Oh, I guess we didn't talk about it, did we? Go ahead, Ed. Someone out there, one of our loyal viewers. Someone among you. Sent a letter to Orca Beverages and said, hey, you need to hook the high gain up because they talk about you all the time. We got a letter from Jan over at Orca Beverages. Yes. And she said, hey, give me an address and I'll send you some stuff. That was right before Washington State went on lockdown. So, going all the way around, what I have here yes. is a fucking 12-ounce can of Coca-Cola. That seems unlike you. I have not drank a Coke out of a can in... Ugh. Long time, huh? It's so gross. That's going to wake you up. Here we go. Oh. And? Oh, my God. Big corn? They're up in this shit corn bastards well you know ed i too have black coffee 
I like the old man coffee cups like you get in the diner. Okay. And we have a whole bunch of those. But as a side effect of the quarantine, yeah, maybe you get a little lax on not only the shower taking and such, uh-huh. but the dishes. Sure. So the dishes pile up. Huh. So then you have to go way down the line and pull out the cups you don't normally use. Mm-hmm. So I've got a black coffee brewed in this mug. It is blue and has a seal on it, a federal seal that says Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Oh, yes. We've had Christmas parties every year, and we do these white elephant things. Right. That mug came from an ATF agent. <laughs> and the funny thing is somehow, like, someone got it probably, like, 16 years ago. And every year, that mug has come back, and someone else has gotten it. So it just means when you get it, you are obligated to come the following year because it has to make it back into the pool. That's great. You know. Well, Ed, I don't have a Coke. Yeah. But I am augmenting with a Soleil strawberry flavored sparkling water beverage. Oh, that's great. This guitar head. Whoa. I think I will tell you about it. Okay. Before we go into the guitar, John and I did talk about this. It's a hundred episodes, but then it feels weird to not talk about the fact that we're locked in basements and right. haven't been outside. I don't know. Whereas at the beginning, it was like, well, maybe everybody should stay inside for a little while and we'll see what happens. Right. Now we know it's more quantifiable. Get your ass inside and stay inside. Play guitar. Right. Right. Yeah. God, this Coca-Cola. What kind of monsters just drink <laughs> Coca-Cola? Ugh. Yeah. I'm looking at you, John. What? <laughs> you can't look at me. <laughs> so do you have a guitar? I do have a guitar, Ed. This comes from the Norlin era of Gibson's fine, fine history. Oh, my God. The best era. We had the Sonics. Yes. The Paul and the SG. Yes. What we have today here is the L6-S. Love it. Our man Bob Casal, Bob 2 of Devo. Mm -hmm. When they recorded that album in Cologne, Germany. Yeah. That's what he played the whole album with. That's great. Bob Casal, Bob too, loved him the Gibson L6S. What color is the guitar you have? This one is Tobacco Sunburst, which is one of the rarer colors they would have made this in. Uh. But they did have it in natural ebony, silver burst and cherry sunburst it looks like a wide les paul that's got two humbuckers on it but instead of the kind of pickup selector switch and tone and volume for each pickup this guitar has a master volume control mm -hmm. it has a mid roll-off knob Ooh. and a treble roll-off knob isn't that weird? But it also had a selector, right? It has a veritone selector switch, which is uh, super nutty, Ed. You want to know what it does? Is it a standard three position? No, it is six positions. Oh, is it? It's a veritone chicken head knob. One of those things. Did they all have that? The L6s? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on number one, and that is both pickups, both humbuckers in series. Pretty hot. That's pretty hot, John. Yeah. Number two? Neck pickup only. Number three? Mm-hmm. Both pickups, but in parallel. Here's where it starts to get interesting. 
Number four is also both pickups parallel, but out of phase. With the neck pickups bass response going through a series capacitor, which is supposed to inject a little more bass into the tone than you might get with something that's out of phase. It's kind of meaty. Number five, bridge pickup just all by itself. And lastly, both pickups, series, but out of phase. So the idea behind all those options mm-hmm. was to give you anything you would want to get from like Telly to Strat to Les Paul in one guitar. That's what they were thinking. Right. Gibson wanted it to be a quote, multi-sound system. Did it work? <laughs> There was the L6S. Yes. The Custom, right? Yeah. So the L6S and the L6S Custom are the exact same thing. Okay. Eventually, as they tried to expand the line, they made what was called an L6S Deluxe, which had fewer features on it. Right. So in order to make that distinction clearer, they just tacked the word Custom onto the original L6S. So yeah, the usual Gibson thing of multiple variations of more or less the same guitar. Yep. Right. Do you want to know where this starts, Ed? Sure, yeah. I'm taking you back to 1931. Mm. We're going to Cologne, Germany. (laughs) Okay. Again with the Cologne. Yeah. Pre-Devo. Uh-huh. I'm ready. 1931, Willy Lorenz Stitch is born. Okay. In Cologne, Germany. Willy. Willy Stitch. Okay. Yeah. Born in 31, and as he begins to come to age, the World War II happens. He's taking violin lessons and trying to kind of have a normal life to the degree that he can in the middle of a war in Germany. Yep. In addition to taking violin lessons, he likes to fuck around with building rockets and strapping them to his bicycle. Sure. When he's like 12 years old, he straps some rockets onto his bicycle and uh, takes off and crashes and shatters his left hand and wrist. So then the kind of fine motor skills required to continue with his violin lessons, yeah, that's not going to happen. He's done. Huh. So he switches to guitar where you don't have to hold your hand in quite the same position. Sure, sure. And he starts getting pretty good at it. Yeah. There was no actual money in post-war Germany. Did you know that? Okay. They had ration cards and to the degree that they could, the black market. Sorry, Germany, no currency for you. You get what we tell you you can get with these ration cards. Great. Willy has said, quote, for money, you could buy nothing. But for three cartons of cigarettes, you could buy a Leica. The value of everything was based on butter, coffee, or cigarettes. Three cartons of cigarettes for? A Leica camera. Huh. Like, say you're a pack a day, right? Uh Uh-huh. Pack a day. Are there 10 or 20 packs in a carton? 10, maybe? So, like, a little over a week for a carton. So, that's, like, less than a month's wages for a Leica? Huh. That seems cool. At this point, he's about 15. He's playing his guitar in the English clubs for 50 cigarettes a night. 20 cigarettes in a pack, two and a half packs a day. Okay. He's getting that Leica even faster. Where are you finding the film? Yeah. I don't even know if our man Villy smoked or if it was just like, I'm going to save up these smokes and buy shit. Everyone smoked. Into his 20s. 
he's still playing and he gets so good he's playing all the jazz and swing and whatever it is he changes his name professionally to billy lorento and he becomes a framus endorser do you know framus guitars oh sure 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 have we ever done one i don't think we have let's get a framus guitar yeah okay by this point he has made a pickup he's kind of gotten into pickup design okay made a pickup that was more in keeping with what he wanted his guitar to sound like. Mm-hmm. By the time he's in his 30s, he becomes a Fender endorser in Germany in 1965. Okay. And he has a new name. He switched his name again. Okay. So he's not Billy Lorento anymore. He is now Bill Lawrence. Oh. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Bill Lawrence. He's so famous now in Germany that he's got some dough and he starts the Lawrence Electrosound Company in Germany. Whoa, okay. And they're making pickups and stuff. Love it. By the late 60s, old Bill Lawrence? Yeah. Hey, maybe I should move to the U.S. Sure, of course. Why not? Let's take this uh, game on the road, man. So what's Bill up to? Oh, no. Bill is not up to much. Oh, no. 1931 to 2013. 78. That seems pretty good. He moves to the U.S. Great. He lands on the East Coast, and he's working in a shop in New York City. He's working with our man Dan Armstrong. Oh, no kidding. Did he design all the Armstrong pickups? Yes. He designed all those interchangeable pickups? He did. Fuck yeah. So the pickups in the plexiglass guitars were designed in part by our man, Bill Lawrence. That's crazy. And there were another couple dudes in the shop that Bill was kind of teaching about pickups. Mm-hmm. You know who one of the guys was learning from old Bill? Larry DiMarzio. Oh my God. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Bill is making these great kind of custom pickups and they are interchangeable in these plexiglass guitars. Yeah. That inspires Larry. And in 1971, Larry brings out the DiMarzio Super Distortion pickups that we know and love. I'm very into this. So this guy is sponsored by Fender, living in New York, working with DiMarzio. Yeah. And all this wraps around to the Gibson L6. Right about this time. 72 or so, Gibson takes notice and hires him. Okay. They hire him specifically for his pickup mojo and his guitar chops and all of that. Gibson wants him to kind of revamp the SG of all things. In 72, that seems like not when you would want to be revamping because that seems like prime SG territory. Our man Bill felt the same way. Here's a quote about that, in fact. In 1972, I was asked to design a multi-sound system for the SG standard. This didn't make any sense to me. And after several meetings with marketing, I convinced them to introduce a completely new solid body that offered a wide variety of different sounds. Love it. And they let him go. They said, okay, Bill Lawrence, you can do your thing, but we are Norlin, and we've got a race to the bottom to deal with. (laughs) So here is your strict budget. Here's your budget. That's it. You're not getting any more. Putting some constraints around my guy. I feel okay with that. Well, here are some of them. Okay. First, Bill Lawrence, you have to use existing hardware. Don't go designing some fancy new bridge or crazy looking knobs or anything. It's got to be off the shelf hardware. 
that seems reasonable. Okay. Second, no fancy additional switching or trim arms or anything that we have to custom design. Okay, similar to the last one. As he iterated through it, they kept cutting stuff. He had like a funky looking pick guard, and they cut that down to the shape you see on the interwebs because I guess they thought it was using too much material or something. <laughs> okay. The quote on that from our man Bill was, All that remained of my original design was the thin, lightweight body with its large cutaway for easy access to all 24 frets. Huh. So Bill felt like he had designed something pretty cool and worthwhile, but by the time the bean counters got done with it. I don't love the body of that guitar. The oversized Les Paul design is just not my thing. I gotta tell you, though, it plays really well, and the 24 frets... (laughs) Oh. Yeah, you can get up there. (laughs) God damn. You like that, huh? Oh, I love it. I love it even more remote than when I'm actually in the room with you. I can only imagine. I think that piercing high note just made my eye water. That's great. That's a good sign. They had all kinds of high-end endorsers. Maybe that's where all the money went. Al Demiola in the jazz world. Carlos Santana. Keith Richards for a bit. Paul Stanley, Dave Davies of the Kinks, Angus Young even, and for a little bit, Prince. Weird. Everybody that used them didn't use them for very long. Really? I guess that nobody was really inspired. Huh. Carlos Santana, having left this endorsement deal, said because Gibson, I'm going to paraphrase, is too much like McDonald's. They just wrap up a burger and throw it at you. Wow. How do you like Carlos Santana and his like musical stylings? Oh, man, I, uh, I, I don't. <laughs> I get it, but, you know, active dislike seems weird when it's guided towards Carlos Santana, for whatever reason to me. Yeah, it is kind of funny because uh, viewers will know that I like to give every kind of music the benefit of the doubt, and we've gone through quite a bit here. (laughs) I think that's part of it. You've got much more of a breadth of your musical vocabulary, and you like a lot of stuff that I just like, ugh, no thanks. And then Carlos Santana. Early on, you refused to play Carlos Santana because it was just like, I can't even listen to it. I love it. All right. The bodies on these guitars, they're all maple, and the pickups that our man Bill designed for these things are called super humbucking pickups. They are super hot. Knowing that that came out at the same time as the Sonics and the Paul makes total sense. Is that a 1981 DRV? No, that's just the high intensity pickup here. Oh. Uh, You mentioned the 1981. Yeah. There you go. You want to hear something else? Oh, I think so. I've got an Old Blood Noise Endeavors white cap pedal. It's essentially a dual tremolo. If we add to that... Yes. The Phantom Operator from our good friends over there at Recovery Effects in Seattle. Yes. Isn't that wild? I love that Phantom Operator so much. That thing is so killer. Yeah. 
Isn't that great? I'm very into it. Turn the white cap off for a sec. And that is without the kind of auto function on it. If I turn that on. That's what I like. That's the one. That's from our good friends Greg and Zara over there at Recovery Effects. RecoveryEffects.com. Yeah, let me lay into that again so you can see what the Phantom Operator does. If you need a pedal that does that, that pedal does that. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the tip of the iceberg because it's got all kinds of knobs and stuff on it that you can experimentate with. But basically, you just need it on that setting and fucking go. Go. It's my favorite setting. Yeah. What else do you have with this L6? It came out in 73. Yeah. It did not last long. They discontinued all models Mm -hmm. in 79. The deluxe I told you about. Right. That kind of differentiated itself from the custom. But the custom itself was only a couple, three years. I just don't think they sold very well. Yeah, yeah. When this thing came out, though, Ed, yeah, it didn't end up in the catalog until 74. Okay. How much do you think it was in 1974 dollars? I think that guitar was $526. Wow, that is actually pretty close, Ed. Yeah? It was $495. <sighs> How far off our 2K rule is that? Farther than you would think. It's under, right? No, it's it's actually over. It's almost $2,600. Holy shit. For something that the bean counters were looking to make affordable, I don't think it was. Yeah, I mean, this is fine. This is a fine guitar. I, I've never looked at the L6 and kind of coveted it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's got anything that just makes me think, holy crap, this is a different kind of flavor that I don't have. I'm just not freaking out over it. How's Uncle Frank? I have not seen him in a while. Uncle Frank is trying to hang in there. I had the mask on, and I went to Uncle Frank's. The The store shut down, and we yep. kept, we were like 10 feet apart. Yep. <laughs> I kind of grabbed the guitar. Yep. Okay, see you later, bye. Yep. So, viewers, if you need anything, even if it's just like some packs of strings or picks or anything, Uncle Frank is open for business online, thunderroadguitars.com. Hell yeah. He's even for now doing deliveries. I asked him how that goes, and he said, yeah, he pulls up to somebody's house and calls him on the cell phone. Yeah, dude, I'm here. I'm putting a guitar on the porch, and then uh, runs back into his car. <laughs> that sounds a whole lot better than trips to the grocery store or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I like the idea of just the no physical contact, no handing shit back and forth. Right. I think he's just trying to make ends meet right now. It's uh Yeah. I think we should all try to help each other out. Yeah. If we can. 
And viewers, if you want to tell us how that's going for you, yeah, DM us in the social channel of your choice or send an email to the high gain pod at Gmail. Like we are playing this by ear, the podcast right now, as far as like the tone. Do we discuss it? Do we not? You know, like, let us know that. Do you want this to be the reprieve or do you want us actually talking about our shit? We'll talk about whatever, right, John? Let's dial it in to help everybody get through this, yep. ourselves included. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the story of one of the Norlin era Gibson guitars. Solid work, John. Where can people find us, John? Where can people find us? Yeah. Well, we've already talked about being able to find us on all the socials. The quick rundown of that would be Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn. Sure. How's your Pinterest game going? Pinterest game is going pretty good. If anybody wants to see old guitar ads. Oh, God. Okay, Grandma. Pedals. Beverages. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Maybe head on over to uh, patreon.com slash the high game. Yeah, help us out. Help us to help you. As always, you can go to thehighgain.com or send an email to thehighgainpod at gmail.com. 